0: So what I want to share with you today is the story of Cornelius, whose superpower seems to be that he was able to hear from God, and I want to look at his life and how he heard from God so that we can learn how in an appropriate, non-crazy, rational way that we can hear from God. The problem in my life is not doing what God says. The problem is hearing what God is saying to me, right? So let me tell you about Cornelius. His story is found in Acts chapter 10, in the first few verses there. We studied a lot of the story beforehand, but since Jesus was resurrected and then ascended to to heaven, Christianity is just taking off, it's stretching, it's growing, it's going further than it's ever been before, but it's reaching the boundaries where if it's going to continue to grow, then it has to go past this next frontier. It has to move from within the Jews to beyond the Jews to the Gentiles. And it's important to realize that Cornelius is a Gentile. He's not a Jew. He's not one of those who counted himself as one of God's chosen people. But just because he wasn't a Jew, it doesn't mean that he was distant from God. One of the first things to remember is just because someone looks and feels and acts differently to us, it doesn't mean they don't know God. So they're in Caesarea. There was a Roman army officer named Cornelius. He was the captain of the Italian regiment. This regiment was a cohort of about 600 soldiers made up from different parts of the world who came together to protect this port because this port was a major trade route uh, throughout the world. So they needed a strong presence to protect it, to protect both the port, the harbor, and also the aqueduct uh, system which was centered there in Caesarea. So Cornelius, a Gentile, is a powerful man because he's leading these 600 other men. He's powerful because of his profession, but he's also powerful because of his profession of faith. It says in verse 2, Even though he was a Gentile, even though he was outside of the Jews, he was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. It tells us he was managing his family well. He was managing those under him well. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. He's a powerful man, a Gentile, leading lots of people, but his inner life was strong and healthy and robust as well. And his inner life was marked by two things. One, his generosity. Some of your Bibles will say his alms giving, A-L-M-S. That was a kind of above and beyond giving, right? You you would give to your church, to your synagogue, but alms was above and beyond to the poor. And Cornelius had this down. He was a, a generous man with his stuff. But he was also a generous man with his prayers as well. He knew that he couldn't do what he did on his own. That he needed God's help to do it. He knew that his responsibility was too big for him alone. And so he had to live a life of prayer to ask God to speak in to what he was doing. He was a man who gave and he was a man who prayed. One afternoon about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming towards him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius, this bold army warrior, looked at him in fear. Well, what is it, sir? he asked the angel. He's a man who realizes that even though he has lots of power, he is not the most powerful person in this congregation conversation. The angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. There are two things we can get from this verse. First of all, that the angel understands this dynamic that he's created some fear in Cornelius. And so he wants to affirm Cornelius. He says, hey, you've done something good. You're not not in trouble here, right? Right? Um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes if someone wants to meet with me out, out of the blue, um, you know, say, hey, can we get together? I need to talk to you about something, right? I'm like, uh-oh, what did I do, <laughs> Right. Smart people, when you go to that that meeting, say, hey, everything's okay. That's what the angel's doing here, right? He says, God's seeing what you've done, and he's okay with you. The second thing that's happening here that we learn is that it pleases and it delights the heart of God when we are living lives of gratitude and generosity, and we are living lives of prayer and communion with God. And I think this first statement, God has seen your giving and heard your prayers, gives us insight into how we hear from God. Because those gifts that he gave and those prayers that he prayed drew him closer to God. We hear better from God when we are in close proximity to God. We hear better from God when we are in close proximity to God. It sounds so simple, right? If Tracy wants to get my attention at home and we're both in the same room, more often than not, she's probably got it because we're close together. If I'm in the bedroom and Tracy's in the yard and she calls out to me, I'm probably not going to hear her because there is a distance in the proximity, right? Cornelius is able to hear from God because he's close to God. I cannot tell you the number of people that I have met over the years... Who have said, I don't know what God wants me to do. But at the same time they're asking that question, they are living a life as far removed from God as you could imagine. God likes to speak in a whisper, right? He, he, he can shout. He does know how to get our attention. But hearing from God becomes a lot easier if, like Cornelius, we are in close proximity, close relationship with him. The angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man there named Simon Peter. He's staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. God gives some very clear, direct directions. Why are they clear and direct? Well, one, it's important to God. But secondly, Cornelius is in close enough proximity to hear, right? If you want to hear from God, it makes sense that you would be in close proximity to God. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called to Household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them immediately off to Joppa. The first thing that we need to understand if we want to hear from God is that we will hear from God better if we are in closer proximity to God. It sounds so simple, but it's so hard for us, right? You want to hear from God? Start putting yourself in positions where God can speak. So, this is happening in Joppa, Meanwhile, uh, in uh, Caesarea. Meanwhile, in Joppa, verse 9, the next day Cornelius' messages were nearing the town. Peter went up to the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheep let down by four corners. In the sheets were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill, and eat. So Peter's having this vision. And he's a Jew, so he wasn't supposed by order of God in the Old Testament to to eat this stuff. And he was hungry. And he sees this sheet come down. And quite literally, the sheet is uh, symbolic of a plate. And the animals on it were symbolic of a juicy hamburger. And God says, hey, go eat. And Peter's a good Jew. And he says, no way. I, I can't eat that. You've forbidden that. He, he thought it was a test. But the voice spoke to him again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly picked and pulled up to heaven. You know, Peter has a history of getting things wrong. And the number three is an important part of uh, Peter's redemptive journey, right? He denied Jesus three times. He was restored to Jesus three times. And God gives him this vision here. And he says, I'm just going to be up front and off the bat. I'm going to give it to you three times because I really want you to get it. (laughs) So it's there for, for three times. And then it goes away. And it says in verse 17 that Peter was very perplexed. Some versions say that he was uh, inwardly perplexed, which is a great way to describe often how we feel when we're wanting to hear from God, right? We hear from God when we're in close proximity to him. Secondly, it helps us to hear from God if we have the right posture before God. There are two Pictures here of having the right posture. The first is with Peter. He, he, he's, he's confused. He doesn't know what's going on. But he asked the question, what could this vision mean? He'd learned all his life that eating meat was wrong. And he has this vision where he thinks that this dream is telling him to eat meat. Honestly, if I had a similar dream than that, I'd probably say the dream was wrong because I've been told and I've read and God has said before. But Peter has this this courage, this posture in him that he's prepared to keep learning, that wants to be open to God, that, that wants to see what God is going to do next. So what could this vision mean? It says... My posture's open before you, God. I, I want to know. I, I want to hear. The other posture stance is from Cornelius. He hears this vision, and he says right away, I'm going to send some of my guys there. I'm going to send my servants and my soldiers. I'm going to send people who will protect and people who will serve. He's not saying, well, what do I do with this? I need to protect my guys. Let me tighten down. He says, no, I want to be open to what God is doing. Cornelius is open to what God is doing. Peter is open to what God is doing. And because they're both open to what God is doing, God is able to do what God wants to do, right? If we want to hear from God, we have to put ourselves in proximity with him. If we want to hear from God, we have to get our posture right before him. And the right posture before God is not one of, oh, let me see. It's not one of, let me do that when it works for me. It's not, let me get around to that when I feel ready. It's, Lord, I'm open. Whatever you need. I was meeting with a young couple the other day and... Um, we were uh, helping uh, help, helping them prepare for their marriage, and started talking about kids. And uh, they said, um, "Well, we're, we're going to wait a while until we're ready to have kids, right? Those of you who have had kids, no, you're never ready, right?" The posture is, "Lord, do what you're going to do when you're going to do it, because I'm never going to never going to be ready." Their posture is open before God, and when your posture is open before God, you're more able to hear from God, right? Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said, get up. Three men are coming to see you. Go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Again, Peter could have said, "Uh, I'm good here, thank you. I'm in Joppa. I'm in this I'm in this nice place. I'm staying with my buddy Simon. But his posture is, "Okay, Lord, if this is what you're saying, I'm going. If this is what you want to do, I'm going to do it." So Peter went down and said, "I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come?" They retell the story. We're sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He's a devout, God-fearing man, well-respected, blah blah blah. 23. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. Peter's whole life and the direction of his life is turned in a moment because he had a posture that said, God, I want to go where you want me to go. I want to do what you want me to do. You know why we don't hear from God sometimes? simply because we don't want to. Maybe we're afraid of what he's going to say. Maybe we're afraid of what he wants to change in us. Maybe we're afraid of, of what he wants to show us. Maybe we don't think that what he has best for us is better than what we're living now. If we want to hear from God, we have to be in close proximity to him. If we want to hear from God, we have to be in right posture before him, right? Right? So they arrive at Caesarea, and you got two very powerful people who have got their entourages with them. And they go to Cornelius' house, and all Cornelius' family and some of his colleagues in his household, they're, they're all there. And they're very gracious to invite him in because they want to hear what God is saying. They want to know what's next. They want to figure out what this this path is. And they're all gathered probably in this little room. And Peter comes and he's got his, his peeps with him as well, his entourage. And they're all curious. What is God up to? Where is God taking us? What is God showing? What is God saying to us? Peter told them, now, where are we? They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them, called all together his relatives and close friend. As Peter entered the home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. That's a pretty nice welcome, right? That doesn't happen to me very often. And if you came to our house, I probably wouldn't fall on my knees and thank you for coming too. Um, maybe some of you, but you know. <laughs> but, but, he's, he, but he's kind of saying, you know, hey, this is my home. This is my stuff. But... I welcome you because God's brought you here and I want to figure out what God is saying next. And so kind of, even though he has the the power, he hands the, the power to Peter and Peter tells his side of the story too about his vision. He says, what I think that this means is that God wants this great and glorious gospel, this story of what Jesus has done to move beyond just us Jews and to reach out to you non-Jews as well and and to every non-Jew on the planet. As they're there, Simon Peter is probably putting all the pieces together in his head. They're gathered to discern what God is going to do, where God is, is leading them. He remembers the picture of the, the sheet and the animals. And to him, it's a sign that God wants to, 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 to break through. It's interesting, the person he'd been staying with was a guy called Simon. All we know about this Simon is that he was a tanner. Right? That means that he made leather, and leather comes from dead animals. And the Jews never should have had anything to do with dead animals. That was against the laws too. But he was starting to be warmed up to the idea that God was, was expanding the boundaries of where this gospel could go. And they're all in this room, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And slowly, piece by piece, little by little, they start determining this incredible message that the gospel is not just for some, but that it is for all. And as they're in this room, sharing their stories, they start to align themselves to the right path that God wants to put them on. And I think... That's the third thing that I would share with you about how we hear from God. Hearing from God becomes easier when we're in the right proximity to Him. It becomes easier when we're in the right posture before Him. But it becomes easier when we're seeking the right path to follow. So often, I think there are more that God... Wants to show me that there's more that God wants to take me. But honestly, I kind of like the path I'm on right now. And my calendar is already so, so full, so I don't really want to add anything else to it. And so in saying those things and, and doing those things... There is a danger, not that I would go on the wrong path, but that I would go on the path that isn't all that God has for me. And I think one of the things that in the past I have found true, and I hope it's true for you, I believe so, Is that if you desire to be on the right path, if you start making steps towards walking the right path and following in the right footsteps, then you are better positioned to hear from God, right? When we have our heart and our mind set and say, no, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to do this. This is how it's going to work. We can become so busy trying to convince ourselves that what we're doing is right that we miss out on hearing what God has for us, right? How do we hear from God? Honestly, that's like trying to describe what love is. You know it when you feel it, right? We're talking about something... Vague and difficult and hard, yet so vitally important. I can't give you a formula that says, hey, if you want to hear from God, do A, B, C, D. Because that formula doesn't exist. But I believe what Cornelius reminds us of. Is that if we want to hear from God, we got to be in the right proximity to him. We've got to be in the right posture before him. And we've got to seek the right path for us. There are some bumpers on that. Some boundaries. God's never going to call you to anything that is opposed to his word. But I believe that we hear best from God. When we are close to him, when our posture is right before him, and when we're seeking the right path that he has for us. Cornelius's superpower is one that I pray that God would stir in all of our hearts, that we would be able to hear more clearly from him.